Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Three hundred and sixty-five days of sport. Yes, good evening and welcome. Karim Benzema, everybody. Thank you for joining us for what is the greatest sports radio show on the planet. And I've got to say, this week, we are robless. Is that a verb? Robless? Is that an adjective? Anyway, Rob's not here. Uh, he is in US of A, America, on a well-earned holiday. In fact, I'm going to probably take the piss out of him a bit later. He went to a baseball game. This is the man that publicly has exclaimed that he only likes two sports, rugby union and cricket, nothing else. And he's ended up at a baseball game. See, this is the effect I have. He's now going to watch sport on his own accord. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, you are listening to me, Beefy Blake, and an able replacement, a man who's been on the show, friend of the show, Mr. Gavin Ingham. Oh, welcome. Thank you very much. I've got my own theme music. Oh, wow. Oh, I've been training. I've been training like for this. Oh. You could have come up with something original, Gav. That was original for me. <laughs> I've, I've been training for seven, a whole seven for that. Beautiful. Seven weeks, seven have minutes. Have you got any more uh, sound effects I need to know about? Um, no, that's all I had time to Oh, that's prepare, all right. No, fair enough. Are you something... start off with a good one? Yeah, yeah. I think, As I you think mean it's... to go on, so to speak? I ate the eggs before I came in. Oh, the Rocky-style raw eggs. Absolutely. Love I, ran, it. I ran here to the studio. When I punched a frozen pig... Carcass. Hey, I thought we were going to talk about Rob a bit later. We- <laughs> hey, beautiful. Whoa, hi. Um, uh, we've got to announce that uh, Jack Link's uh, on board. If you like beef jerky, you have to buy Jack Link's. There is no other brands out there available. Well, there is loads of brands available. We just don't bother with those. Jack Link's, myself and Rob, and now Gavin Ingham, uh, mm. and Jeff Parling as well, former England captain, British Line. We are all Jack Link's brand ambassadors. We love a bit of beef jerky. It's the best you can get. It's healthy for you as well. We went through the top 10 unknown facts about beef jerky last week, Gav. Oh, right. uh, one of which is astronauts eat beef jerky. Is that true? That is true. NASA have been giving it to uh, their uh, astronauts since 1986, apparently. So there you go. Fact one for the show down. Yep. So if you're an astronaut and you're listening to the show, you must have a shit life. <laughs> but yeah, you must love Jack Link's beef jerky. Uh, we've got to thank Mesita. They're the best sportswear company in Australia. They've been on board since show one have Mesita. Absolutely mm. fantastic. If you're a soccer club or community group, or it doesn't have to be a soccer club, any sports club, get your apparel from Mesita. Great quality, very low prices. They will even sponsor your club. They'll even throw money at you to buy the product off Mesita. How good's that? Just give them a call. one three hundred Masita or Masita.com.au. Tell them Beefy and Rob and now Gav have sent you to Masita. And I heard you can have the jerky while you're wearing these clothes yeah. and then wipe your hands clean and it'll come straight out of the clothes. Unbelievable. Symbiotic. Yeah. Symbiotic. I love that. Check us out on Facebook as well. I forget to mention our Facebook page. Three, six, five days of sport. Uh, we're on all social media. Not all social media because there's some really weird ones out there. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter, by the way, at three, six, five days of sport. So uh, you'll uh, see us interacting with uh, Gavin Ingham. And we're just about to get onto Tinder as well, I think. That's the other social media. Well, Rob's off Tinder now because he's uh, loved up. Oh, um, yes, he's a that. mushroom forager in, a, in that type of relationship with a, a, a consensual mushroom foraging relationship. 
Oh, good. Well, yeah. he's a he's a he's a, uh, a sponsored athlete now. He is. So goes without saying. He's um, getting this holiday out the way, and then he's back into uh, boxing. Oh, uh, I did mention actually yesterday or even today, Australian time. He went to watch the San Francisco Giants host the Miami Marlins. Now, this is quite this, funny. This is baseball, yeah? Baseball. Right. I did mention that Rob has publicly proclaimed he only likes cricket and rugby union, right? And he's ended up at a baseball game. Now, what's even funnier than this is, you know, Rob's in a band and all sorts. He has a public disdain of Mr. Scott Stapp. Yes. Right? Now, Scott Stapp is a massive Miami Marlins fan, even wrote a song for the Miami Marlins. And Rob now, hates this guy. Rob hates this guy and hates this song. I'll just... Uh, put it on underneath us Gav so we've got a bit of bed to uh, talk over Mm -hmm. now the song was called Marlins Will Soar because that's what Marlins do when they're playing baseball sound effects Rob will be rolling in his grave right now you're going to have to have a service for him Metallica. So he was the leasing of Creed, by the way. We'll just leave that there. So Rob has a public disdain of Scott Stapp because it sounds like his idol, Eddie Vedder. And also uh, it's from the 90s. I assume this song is. I don't think it is from the 90s. This is from like a couple of years ago. It's not that old at all. Yeah, right. So okay. I, I reckon five years at a, at a guess. But um, when Creed were in their prime. <laughs> anyway, uh, what is even funnier is Rob's going to watch the uh, San Francisco Giants play the Miami Marlins. Uh, so he hates Scott Stapp, hates the Miami Marlins. I'm not sure whether he's a San Francisco Giants fan. But Miami have scored three runs in the very last innings to get up 5-4. So I don't know the uh, the backstory about that, but uh, Rob will be absolutely gutted, even though he's in San Francisco. <laughs> well, so uh, yeah, what does does Rob think? Did he think it was cricket? He probably did. Look, he's he's a bit more educated now about sport. Uh, I've had to have that yeah. conversation with him on a on a two yearly basis, where we've just I've drummed it into <laughs> him. There's more to life than sailing and sheep shearing. Well, yeah, it is, it's, he's had at least 365 days worth, I'd say. Well, he's had, a, he's had that. He, he still claims he's the second biggest sports fan in the world. He should be getting that silver medal from Guinness Book of Records. Behind uh, you? Behind me, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I think at last count, we actually did a count of the sports Rob actually saw, and it, it got up to about 195. Yeah, right. Well, you'd, it, you'd dream about 195 per night, wouldn't you? Yeah. The world record, as uh, all our listeners should know, is uh, the 306 different sports in the space of 365 mm. days it wasn't the the elusive 365 in 365 but uh rob did close to 200 so uh, that's a little feather in his cap but uh, he hated mm. 198 of those <laughs> baseball being one of them <laughs> baseball for now actually he did enjoy baseball because you could drink phenomenally large amounts of beer at baseball well maybe we should get in contact with him and let him know the score because yeah, I... he might not know the score he was that <laughs> He was, he was drunk. That's probably close to the point. He may not have even stayed to the end, by the way. No, right, we right. need to check that with him. But uh, The score was f- uh, five to four, wasn't it? Five he was to like four, yeah. Five out for four runs. That, that was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, five for four. No good. Now, have you been following the World Cup, Gav, or are you, are you an Optus customer? Um, well, uh, no, I've been following bits and pieces. Yeah. Icelandic film director, mm. Hannes Thor Halderson. Mm-hmm. Do you know Hannes? Uh, I haven't caught up with him for a while, but yeah, we're Facebook friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He um he actually directed the uh, World Cup commercial for Coca Cola oh, this right. year. Yeah. yeah, but do you know why else he's famous? Um, 
I I hear he has something to do with football. Well, for Iceland. For Iceland. He is the Icelandic goalkeeper that saved Lionel Messi's penalty the other day. Lionel Messi. Yes. Lionel. Sorry. I've got to get in the spirit. Lionel Messi. Oh, I'm not, I'm not correcting you on the pronunciation. No, you don't I'm just have in, to. I'm in shock of, of yeah. what this, this, this film director has done. Not only. Is he their number one option? At, yeah, he's their number one option. But oh. because there's only 330,000 people in Iceland, most of them have got other jobs, even though they're representing the, in the plane in the World Cup. Yeah. There's quite a few of them actually got second, got a, a real job. They yeah. just play football on the side. And also, they spend most of their time online checking uh, family trees because if they're dating someone, they need to check. This is true. They yeah. need to check if the person, the new person they're dating is family. It's related. I yeah. love that. That's fact number two. There you go. Yeah, you should come every week. We love these fact checking. They're the smallest country to ever qualify for the World Cup. He is still a part-time film director, obviously. He made the Coca-Cola. For this next two, three weeks? Well, he's full-time football player next two or three weeks, yeah. yeah. does say he now focuses solely on football professionally. He plays with uh, Randers FC in Denmark, but he made an exception to uh, do the Coca-Cola commercial. He says, through the commercial, Halderson shows a broad swathe of lives in Iceland, anchored by the skull chant that became internationally known through the, the Icelandic team's surprising run in Euro 2016. So he's still keeping his hand in. Yeah, I want to be this fellow. We all do. Saving penalties in the World Cup, directing a few films, uh, drinking potato-based alcoholic drinks in Iceland, because that's all they drink up there. Ah, you got to keep warm. you got to keep warm. What else has caught my eye this week? Oh, England rugby. We had Jeff Parling on last week. Jeff, yep. thank you very much for having a lot of fun with us uh, last week. It was uh, brilliant. The uh, response has been absolutely awesome. But England lost their sixth rugby international on the trot. Six in a row. Six in a row. This is, after the event, the interview. Disappointed with actual decision-making of the players. Okay, let's hear from Ben Young. This is with Gail. Okay. Thanks very much. Well, Ben, it seems like it's a bad case of deja vu for England again, doesn't it? Yeah, no, we're really disappointed. Uh, We lost the series. We're glad about that. So we'll work hard this week, and we'll look forward to getting it right next week. Well, that was short, wasn't it? (laughs) Ripping out the cliches. Do it for well, the boys. I'm not sure what that is. Um, well done, Gail. Give me a composure. <laughs> uh, they're not going to make a lot of friends, England, if they uh, don't front up and ask simple questions at the end of a test Ooh. match like that. I understand the frustration. Yeah. But England are in a hole, and evidently it is beginning to get to them somewhat. Um, well, your reaction to that? It's, it's not going to make them any friends at all. No, it's... Uh... Very sad to see that it's uh, it's not like Ben at all. Yeah, not like Ben at all. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'd have I'd have to side with the English. I think for 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 a bit of this. If you if you're under the pump at work and you're about to get fired, and people are asking you <laughs> silly questions, how, how are you going to fix this? And they don't have an answer. No, nah. would you be a bit annoyed? Well, you do have a responsibility, I suppose, to the uh, your host broadcaster that's travelled all the way to South Africa to follow the series. And wow. uh, who's, yeah. who's who's their coach? Eddie Jones. Exactly. The he, Australian. He, like like that song we've just played, Rob's favourite artist. He's yeah. relevant in the 90s. <laughs> yes. Early 2000s. What's he done since? What's he done since? He took England up to second in the world and, uh, like I said, seven, six or seven straight now. So oh, He uh, was all right for Queensland, but, you know. <laughs> I did all right with um, Japan. Yeah, that's right. Japan, in the yeah. World Cup. That's about it. Aaron Kuru is in the New Zealand news. Rob, just for you, New Zealand news. You wouldn't have thought... I'd do a show without you, without some New Zealand news. Uh, jumps jockey Aaron Kuru has been overwhelmed by internet fame this week because he's far more comfortable going bush than going viral, Gav. What, what, yes, go on. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. His name and face were plastered all over social media 
because of this. He's a jockey, remember. A few of them up near the pace as they head towards the first car. Garen, the favourite in front. Uh, giving a sight now from Jealous Boy. Oh, just sure just dipped on landing. <laughs> Nearly dropped the jockey. That's an unbelievable effort to get back into the saddle there. Oh. Fabulous stuff uh, from Aaron Kudu. No wonder he's a frigate winning them. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, he's back and having a chase down of these. Uh, all in rock went awfully at that one. Coming to the next and Gargarin reached for it over at OK and uh, takes the lead now from the second one. Four lengths away, Chalice Boy. There's two lengths further back then to Who Can Tell. Uh, that's the name of the horse. And then we have Old Countess, Cashel, behind those runners. <laughs> Topan right on them. Des de Jura Narankuru is amazing to still be in the race here. About five hour Jacksons hanging in there. And then who can tell? That's the race barring accidents as they come on down the side. And then our old Caldessa now Jaren coming to the last. Got over it. Des de Jura's having another dip over on the outside. Coming home now. Des de Jura Gargaran fights hard. Des de Jura's just in front. What an amazing victory. Des de Jura and he loved it. Aikuru. Second over. Old Jackson further away has been the next one. Who can tell? Have a look at the replay of the first fence here. I don't know. An incredible effort here from Aaron Kudu and the Mark Oligan train, Des de Jure. Gargaran tried oh so hard. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. Absolutely not. That's incredible. And we'll try and get the vision for you because this horse is on its stomach. It was down on its knees, it was on its back, and somehow he slipped to the side, he's hung on, he's flicked his leg back over Aaron Kuru. He's got back in the saddle and the horse is beaten and pretty smart sort of horse and Gargaran who's I know I talk a little bit about Aaron Kuru's skills, but oh my word, I can't believe what we've just seen. I think we can bring in the vision and we this is the horse going over. And that's him. Sweet. That's just ridiculous. What a performance. <laughs> I've never seen the like. So, so Beefy, um, I don't know anything about horse racing, yep. and quite frankly, the accent, I couldn't understand a word. <laughs> Can you just recap very quickly, what was that about? Right. What happened? So basically, it's over the jumps, right? So on the first fence, they jumped over. The horse, the big dog. The big dog, yes. yeah. Yes, yep, yep. Uh, the dog that gets ridden, not yep. by a monkey. It's fallen on the first fence. Right. But as it's fallen onto its side, the jockey's obviously thrown off. But it's sliding along, and the horse is trying to regain its feet. So as the horse is sliding and trying to regain its feet, this guy, this jockey, has held onto the reins and flipped his leg back on and kind of held onto the horse. What? So he's kind of jumped back on, rodeo style. And as the horse is going along, obviously it's about 10, 15 lengths behind, but it's kind of just kept going. And he thought, oh, I'll Inertia. keep going. So he didn't even have his feet in the stirrups over next two fences. So he's jumped the horse and he's just sat on it. But this amazing report here says uh, even Kuru said Saturday's incredible victory aboard Des Azure would go down as one of the best race wins of his career. I still can't really... Oh, I was going to do the accent again. Rob, kill me. Uh, I still can't really explain it. Des Azure lost his balance on landing, but four momentum sent him and Kuru sliding along the grass. As the horse began to regain its feet, Kuru, who was on his knees, was able to throw his leg over and get back on. Before he knew it, they were back on their way. When Kuru saw the clerk of the course, he screamed out to clarify if he was able to continue in the race. What? I yelled out, can I carry on? And she said, yep, you can carry on. <laughs> so I kept going. <laughs> Good work, bro. Um, if Kuru had lost contact with the horse altogether, he would not have been able to continue the race. But he still kept contact. Well, he kind of held the reins, so he was oh, kind of still. So word. if he let that go, let that go, he couldn't get back on. 
So the stewards had to look into it to make sure he didn't lose contact with the horse. But it's quite funny because he's he's a very modest guy. He's actually played um, softball for New Zealand as well. So he's a kind of a dual sporter. Fusion, we love that. Uh, I've never heard of softball and jockeys being uh, fused. But this is quite uh, quite brilliant. He says uh, uh, he didn't turn his phone on until halftime in the All Blacks versus France match on Saturday night. When he did, he was so shocked by all the messages he received, he turned it back off. Uh, he abstained from social media. Uh, he spent Sunday hunting with fellow jockey Matt Crop, but he didn't turn his phone on. Just refused. Well, um, I have to say the PM Jacinta, she's um, pregnant. She's pregnant, just about to give birth. But uh, why you're why you're a bit uh, incapacitated for a couple of days? Yeah. you've got a candidate here to got take. A knight Aaron Carew. Yeah. It says, uh, because because of the bizarre incident, Kuru's overall success of two wins in two seconds from just four rides on Saturday largely went unnoticed. So he's not a bad jockey either, so uh, they were all over his horsemanship there. Oh, yeah, but come on, he must be a rubbish softball player. Yeah, to give it up to ride horses instead. That's where the money is, I guess. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, More World Cup news. Yep. Uh, South Korea's World Cup team tried to confuse the Swedish spies by swapping jerseys so their opponents couldn't tell them apart. (laughs) Between each other or... Well, no, just in general. Because... (laughs) From another team. Shin Tae-yong... The Taiguk Warriors coach, he says that his team swapped around the numbers after a member of Sweden's coaching staff was caught trying to spy on their closed training session. They might know a few of our players, but it's very difficult for Westerners to distinguish between Asians. That is 100% the quote. He basically saying, you white folks can't tell us apart, so we're just going to wear different numbers. Wow. Uh, this is quite funny, actually. Sweden, uh, Sweden's coach, Jana Andersson, has apologised, saying that Sweden <laughs> analyses every opponent before a match, but they may just have crossed the line this time. Why? <laughs> the Swedish spy first tried to gain intel on South Koreans by uh, posing as a tourist to spy in the training sessions, although that plan was quickly foiled. But he then later convinced the local couple who lived near the camp to let him use their house and set up a high-performance telescope <laughs> and video camera. <laughs> So uh, they did overstep the line. And uh, it must have come up all right because I think uh, did Sweden beat South Korea 1-0 on uh, yesterday, the day before. Oh, well, it fell down, didn't it? Oh, there's more World Cup news here, Gev. Oh, I love, I love Swarms it. of bugs caused chaos for England and Tunisia at the World Cup. <laughs> uh, England and Tunisia face an unexpected challenge ahead of their World Cup match on Monday. Swarms of flies and mosquitoes appear to have taken a liking to conditions in Volgograd, leaving players, reporters and supporters all struggling with the presence of the pests. Uh, the Volgograd arena is located right off the volga river where rising water temperatures and low wind has created something of a perfect storm for the bugs uh fans watching the match had to deal with bugs but security measures that normally ban liquids had to be relaxed in order to accommodate fans with bug spray looking to make it through the game without getting eaten alive (laughs) (laughs) there's one tweet here england fans get this bug repellent i have a feeling we're all going to need it tomorrow it's like playing real life fruit ninja out there <laughs> Apparently, uh, they've uh, employed helicopters to spray insecticide oh, over the stadium area to get rid of all these bugs. So, uh, yeah. Oh, well, they'll be happy about that. And also, the win means they've got a little uh, bit of hope left for, for yeah. this World Cup, haven't they? Who cares? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> what do you got for us, Gav? What have I got? Uh, I, I love the Croatians. We're talking World Cup? Well, whatever you want, man. 
Oh, okay. Um, did you mention the Croatians, by the way? Oh, I did mention the Croatians. They just sent a guy home. Uh, the striker. Yeah, the striker. He's got a bad back. Refused to refused to take the pitch. Well, so he says. Nikola Kalinic got sent home because he didn't want to come on as a sub because uh, he was a bit annoyed that he should be. He thought he should be a starter, so he claimed he had a bad back instead of going on to play. Well, you've got to be assertive, I think. He's done it before, though. He's got a he's got a history. He's got a history. What are they um, taking him to the World Cup for then? Well, he's got a history of faking. That's the problem. He's obviously a decent oh. player. Uh, according to coach Zlatko Dalic, it wasn't the first time he'd invoked an injury to not come off the bench. Eh, the same thing happened during the Brazil friendly in England, as well as before the practice session on Sunday. I have calmly accepted this, and since I need my players fit and ready to play, I have made the decision to send him home. Yes. There was nothing like a Croatian accent, by the way. Well, I was going to say, I think this World Cup might be good for you. No. <laughs> so uh, good did, for you, good for no one else. Did you have any other Croatian news, by the way, Gav? Sorry, did um, I steal your thunder there, by the way. No, no, you didn't. I I had some Croatian food this week. That's, oh, that's, did you? That's the other. Croatian. Is there such thing as a Croatian delicacy? Uh, yeah, I think it was just a donut. I think every culture has a form of donut. This was a Croatian donut. Croatian donut. Well, at least that's what I was told. Right, it was a Croatian. Is that like that Scottish restaurant you keep going to? <laughs> yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty happy with the World Cup so far. Um, the most minutes played been a good. Start statistic I've been looking up is the VAR. It's been getting a lot oh, of mileage nice. at the yeah, World yeah. Cup. I've been using it for every call. Um, but of course, it looks like it, it was done by Optus. Optus <laughs> is, is that's why that's why Australia got pipped at the post. Oh yeah, the the streaming went out, and so the the refs just had to make a fifty fifty call. I think. Well, they actually had to do their job. <laughs> exactly. Well, they weren't doing it before, so that's <laughs> no. why it was. I was I was a bit stiff that Australia lost. Yeah. Know? Yeah, but Hernandez, I think he's I think he's going to be up for an Oscar this year. The French player. He's he's flopping. <laughs> was better than Michael Jordan as a basketball player. But a bit worried about his health. Um, it seems if he gets touched in the foot, his head hurts. Yeah, uh, always the same. Oh, it was, it was I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. I, I'm a massive football fan. Mm-hmm. I can't watch it. The, I cannot watch cup. it because of that exact thing. You know, the fouls just getting slightly touched and then a massive dive yeah. to try and win free kicks. Like, I do like watching English football because it's quite hard. Because mm. I haven't watched continental football, so to speak, for a long time. Like, mm. Spain, Italy, Germany, France, whatever. And I've just realised why I don't watch it. Because as soon as they just get that slight touch, they're propelling themselves and then holding their face for an ankle tap. <laughs> <laughs> the so, theatre uh, the of sport. The theatre of sport. Well, come on, didn't you love 10,000 Aussie supporters at the match seeing France uh, beat us by, you know, decision, technological Well, I've got to be honest. I was actually at the Australia versus Ireland Rugby Union test match, which just happened to be on at exactly the same time. Okay, yeah, I was also commentating a basketball match <laughs> at the same time. So, so um, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know where you're coming from. I, if I was otherwise available, I probably would have watched it. Well, yeah, you're an honorary Australian now, I'd have to say. No. No, I just live here. <laughs> Got deported from every other country. <laughs> yes, something that's not funny. I thought it was a lovely touch. Um, Neymar, who is 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 putting himself in a position to be one of the greats of all time, he came out and said Messi and Ronaldo. Talking about that, this the subplot for this World Cup is, uh, you know, it's really about Messi and Ronaldo, who's gonna who's gonna become, you know, step above who yeah. who, who, who who's gonna win the World Cup between these two. Um, he said <laughs> Neymar has come out and said that he in fact is the best in the world oh good but the other two are on another planet oh he's just the best on this planet exactly oh, I thought that I like was quite it. lovely yeah it's quite nice eh yeah, not very funny not very satirical no for this show. I like the way he thinks next thing you'll know he'll be coming out and saying he's, it's the earth is flat he's a flat earther well yeah space some sort of space jam some sort of space <laughs> <Yeah>. jam thing <laughs>
Anything else? Yeah, uh, I got some breaking news. Oh wow! Am I allowed to break news? You can do whatever you like, man. Okay, I got I got uh, I got a few things. Um, word out of Brisbane in the yeah. NRL is Wayne Bennett. Yeah. First time ever has cracked a smile. Wow. He... Is that NRL lies? No, no. This is oh. absolute truth. He he realised Craig Bellamy's not going to take his job. Yeah, he just so signed three year deal, didn't he? He's pretty he's pretty dark about that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to all the Carlton supporters. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Um, Still left. That's five too many. Uh, you, you can't beef you. you know I'm a I'm a I'm a rabid Collingwood supporter. You are so rabid, I, I do know I do know the Carlton tribe uh, very intimately. Uh, I just like to give a big shout out to them. They've always been an arrogant lot. This Coming week. from you lot. Oh, we, but we—it's justified us being okay, yeah, right? Okay. We've got a, we've got a I'm just going to justify my arrogance with an, an arrogant comment. Yes, <laughs> exactly. They're very arrogant. This past week, they think that every supporter thinks that they are better than any of the players on the team. Oh, so much so that when their their team came off at quarter time against Frio, they were booing the hell out of them. They right. think that they can play better than their own team. How many points did they get at half time against Frio the other day? I think they. I think for the first time in the history of the game, they were minus. <laughs> I think yes. I think that's a that's a fact. What, what fact are we up to? Four, three, <laughs> more points than they had. At, yeah, at, that's right. Yeah, at, at halftime. So they probably were justified in that oh, respect. I, I probably would have done the same thing to be yeah. honest. But you know, it's not my team. It's Carlton, so I'd like to yeah. have, have, a, have a go with them. <laughs> love it. All right, mate. Well, we've been talking AFL. We might as well jump into this. AFL. <laughs> Nick Rewalt is tipped to take over as St. Kilda Waterboy in the coming weeks. Well, he could probably do a better job than the coach at this stage. He's probably just inching his way in, is he? Well, yeah, the coach is an ex-Collingwood player, so... What, is there a, just mutual respect there? Oh, no, I, I don't know, I'm just, yeah. I just had the lie prepared, I didn't have any... Any follow-up? Well, that'll, uh, that rumour will probably be on Triple M tomorrow now. Oh, of course. Uh, hopefully everything we say tonight will go on Triple M. Oh, normally does. <laughs> so uh, the way they're treating our show, uh, they just use it as uh, their resource bank. Oh, absolutely. We do the research. And By the way, in, in Triple M news updates, uh, I still haven't had a response to my query about them uh, stealing our material or giving us our own show on Triple M Network. Well, let's let's get a bit of perspective here. They're a real radio show. They're busy. And how how many times have you contacted them? Oh, numerous. More than twice. In recent times, twice. Oh well, they can get stuff then. Yeah, I know. No doubt, some of our more newsworthy items will be uh, will get taken up. What sponsors very... do they have though? Oh, exactly none. What's they haven't got any as good as Masita or Jack Links. Sorry, who? <laughs> Masita or Jack Links? Yes, right. It's well, the best beef jerky money can buy, and the best sportswear. Exactly. Money can't buy. More World Cup stuff, but this is quite funny. Uh, we, we didn't do Worst Song in the World. This is show 68, uh, Gav. So the previous 66 episodes all had Worst Song in the World. Every single episode. Every single episode had wow. a Worst Song in the World. Last Chip. week, we didn't get to it. I'm going to make up for it this week. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song, it's clear of all. Because the words don't fit and the song is shit You're a talentless bitch You suck! Right, worst song in the world. It's a World Cup. It's a bit of a tradition in Britain mm -hmm. to release a World Cup song. With all the players singing, you know, we've had uh, Keith Allen and England New Order and Badil mm. and Skinner doing three lines and all this. We, we are the world. 
equivalent. Kind of. John, John Barnes doing his, uh, you know, on the England man, doing the rap and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Anyway, uh, Wales didn't qualify for the World Cup, but that didn't stop us having a World Cup song. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't stop us. The country of leaks is, yeah. is not qualifying, but they spent all their time doing a song. My hometown, Newport, have you heard of Goldie Looking Chain? Guns don't kill people. Rappers do. That's their big song. That was their hit. Right, okay. So they decided, sorry, we're going to do a World Cup song for Wales, even though we're not there. So we'll have a listen to this. Not I, Billy Webb. You know all about a World Cup, didn't you? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk. There's a World Cup on. I think uh, it's going to be wicked. Who's, who's, who's playing Belawar? Spain. Iran. Nigeria. All the others. Who's going f- who's, who's to who's win, Bell? Well, I think it's a toss-up, but definitely one of the countries we're in is going to win. Well, don't be so sure, Bell. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think it, it, it'll be one of the big hitters, like uh, Denmark. I think you're fine. Wales is going to win. Like the Invisible Man. We can't be seen. We won every World Cup, and we never even been. They reviewed the footage on VAR. It said we've won every World Cup there's been so far. No extra time, no penalties. We'll bring the World Cup home without going overseas. We got leaks. Sheep and devolution And we'll beat any team on pro evolution No hands of God No Maradona And look he's fine Your team's a goner Even Ronaldo will be saying die down Cause we ain't even going But we're taking the crown Sorry but We already won This will come before it even begun You'll need a coach Dry your tears and get another chance to beat us in four years. It's the World Cup and Wales are gonna win it, even though we're not even in it. It's the World Cup and Wales is gonna win it, even though we're not even in it. Yo, yo, the World Cup is gonna be amazing, gonna kick 100 goals in the net. Not like the internet, but like a proper net, you know, a goal net. A goal net. 32 teams that have no chance to get football, they might as well try top dance. Bale's gonna get the golden boot, and John Charles is coming on as a late substitute. Sweden, Peru, Costa Rica, and France. Like Gary Lineker, you're pooing your pants. David Badil and Frank Skinner, you'll be coming on when Mickey Thomas scores the winner. And even put Neville Southall back in goal. It's past his best, but he can still plug a hole. We don't need to play a Brilliant. Absolutely love it. I wish we call it worst song in the world, but this is the best worst song in the world. I, I'm going to say it's the best best song in oh. the world. I it, when it started, I didn't have much hope, but <laughs> I actually really like it. Oh, it's awesome. The li- some of the lyrics are fantastic. Um, I think they were they were called the satirical rap uh, conglomerate, Goldie Looking Chain. It's eight blokes in tracksuits claiming to be rappers, but they're from Newport and they're very white. No, no, no. They're the the M&Ms of Swansea. (laughs) I don't know. Newport. They're (laughs) from Newport. Newport. They got into trouble a few years ago. They were the pre-match entertainment when Wales played England at football. And they had a song called uh, You Misses and Nutter. And when they were on stage, and England were warming up, said, Yo, David Beckham. This song is dedicated to you. Yeah. This one is called Your Missus is a Nutter. And the Football Association of Wales actually made them personally apologise to, to, to David Beckham because there was a slur and it wasn't good for the Welsh public because uh, they were denigrating him. Apparently David Beckham thought it was the funniest thing of all time. He absolutely wow. loved it. He loves the song and all sorts. So uh, He still sings it to this day. He still sings it. That's right. Your Missus is a Nutter. Wow. Goldie looking chain. Make it into the worst song of all time. 
Now, I thought we'd just even this up because uh, there was a kind of a piss take song done by Fat Les, it's called. I don't, I'm not sure who Fat Les was, but do you remember um, the Verve with Bittersweet Symphony? Bittersweet, great video clip. Well, this video clip for this song mimics that video clip e- exactly. But I just thought we'd play the song because it is typically English. It's typical lads on the lash. Uh, <laughs> it's called Vindaloo. Of course it is. <laughs> Very British. But it's an absolute brilliant football song and uh, one of the best... World Cup songs uh, there's ever been. an AFL team hasn't used this. Oh, the Beatles have. <laughs> yeah. The new Tasmanian Tigers will be uh, all over this. <laughs> it's going to be better than Fremantle's song. Heave-ho. goes crazy for the next like two minutes of this because we all want Vindaloo so what I'll do I'll put the video today on our Facebook page yeah. so you can, everyone can have a look it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal like I said it is a piss take on the uh, the verbs uh, Richard Ashcroft walking down the street just people doing crazy things I, I, and the crowd getting bigger and bigger I'm, I'm giving up on the World Cup I'm not going to watch any more World Cup I'm just going to go looking for World Cup songs oh you won't be disappointed this is this is truly amazing oh yeah there's loads there is loads and loads and loads because it is like I said it's a bit of a tradition that the, the World Cup song yeah, really. Yeah. Even the Scots and the Irish have so, done it. So is it a kind of Eurovision competition? Yeah, it's not really a competition. They just do it for fun. <laughs> well, everyone's a winner. Everyone's a winner. But you have you have to admit that this song is purely designed to get those fo- football hooligans chanting in the streets. Oh, yes, no absolutely, doubt. absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh well, that's uh, Fat Les and Vindaloo. I think that was the ninety-eight. Must have been ninety-eight World Cup song. There you go. 98? I think it was 98. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Oh, and he had, a, he had a follow-up for the next World Cup. It was Butter Chicken in it, I think. <laughs> I think that's what it was called. Yep, I think you're right there. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, he was extremely fat, Les, by that time. <laughs> yes, really fat, Les. Well, as soon as you were coming on, Gav, I thought uh, we'll set you some homework. Uh, I thought we throw the top ten over to you, and unbelievably to me, we love fusion this show. Mm-hmm. Yes, you fused the top ten into greatest sporting benders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what sting I need to play. So uh, I'm going to play, play that World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. song again. <laughs> I'm going to introduce great sporting benders, but I'm going to whack a top ten sting on the end of it. So give us a quick synopsis. What is it? It's the top 10... Fusing two things, alcohol and sports. It's the top 10 drunken sports things, happenings. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top 10. Oh, I got a live one here. Well, here we here we are at the top ten for this week. Top ten drunken sports people. So I think sometimes alcohol. This is uh, sometimes alcohol um, is encouraged in sport, and and it, and it can be used uh, to to power people in darts or lawn bowls. It's it's part of the culture. It helps your ability. Warney, um, I mean, if he wasn't on it, we would think something was amiss. And also our very own Rob Bryer smashing beers during his last event. Yeah. So the, alcohol can play a positive part. Interestingly enough. Enough. Um, Brendan Favola recently on radio um, cleared up his uh, misdemeanors in the past. He um, cleared his name. He said that uh, he was framed. That he 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 uh, he did not piss on any restaurants. It was around the corner in the alleyway. All oh, right, yeah. So journalists twisted oh, the story. Of course they did. Yeah. This is probably the first uh, unfact for the yes. show. Yes, I think uh, it's still a fact. He probably pissed on the restaurant, just not in it. Yeah, right. Well, he probably that pissed. exterior wall. Yeah, he was that pissed. He couldn't tell anyway. Yep, true. So I'm bringing. Well, he couldn't even spell restaurant. Well, you might be able to now. You know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, so I'm bringing more obscure, less famous stories. But yep. I had problem. I couldn't do a top ten. There was too many good ones for a top ten. Honorable song. mentions. Oh, I'm doing a top eleven with oh. honorable. Honorable. I'm so drunk now. So I can't easy even say for you to honorable. Say. Honorable mentions. So in honor in honor of Rob's recent achievement. So it's entitled the Rob Bryer's Drunken Athletics Top Eleven. Nice. Ocean's Eleven. This is Liquors Eleven. Um, so honorable mentions are Jackie Moon from the Flint. Tropics basketball team. The, the Flint Tropics, love yes, it. Yeah. The, the power forward coach owner grabbed 30 rebounds once against uh, San Diego. But he said he couldn't remember it. He was that pissed. A shout out, an honorable mention to John Daly, who has been drunk since 1987. I think yep. um, it's a body of work with yes, him. It's not one is. one incident. And it also explains his choice of sporting attires. <laughs> yeah. And in 2013, the only reason this didn't make it into the top 11, being the top, would be the top 12, is because I'd then have to change the name to the top 12. But also, this player was unnamed. So it just gets an honourable mention. So it's an unnamed Sri Lankan cricket player on a plane to London mistook the aircraft door, the door where you enter and exit into the aeroplane, for the toilet door. Yeah. So 10,000 feet above yeah. above the ground, he was trying to open the plane door. Um, and also, just a little side note, I've excluded every football player. Um, you know, the NRL's Todd Carney, UK's uh, George Best, who had the famous saying, uh, I spent 90% of my money on women 
wine, drinking and fast cars. The rest I wasted. Um, it's a pretty great quote. But also there's just so, so many incidences when it comes to footballers and, and, and drinking. So, um, and it probably would just take so long, probably a whole year to do the amount of research it would take to get that, uh, in order. So stay tuned. Next year there's going to be, in 2019, there's going to be the top 100 NRL drunken displays. That'll be next year. That'll be the drunkest 100. Here we go. Okay. So here we are, the top 11. The first one is, uh, my mate Robbo from about four years ago on a drunken trip to Warrnambool. Um, it was a weekend. He likes to think of himself as a bit of a sporting god. Famous for saying, I once kicked two goals in a footy match in a country town while suspended. Oh. So he's come off the bench and kicked two goals in a footy match. Um, and, and the reason why he gets, uh, gets a mention is because he, while we're in Warrnambool, he headbutted a bus window and smashed it into pieces. Oh, nice. So that's number 11. Number 10 is in 2011, it's in the Czech Republic. There were two old rivals playing in a local derby in the professional league and the Czech ref, this soccer match, Tomas Fidra. Tomas Fidra. How's my accent then, Beefy? Beautiful. I love oh, it. Good, good. Better than mine. Good, good enough for this show. So he was displaying, uh, intoxication behavior on the field and early into the match, three players approached him to check on his well-being and he sent them off saying I'm not drunk you're drunk sends them off the coaches got a bit suspicious and um, Fiji responded well uh, you can just keep playing the rest of your 24 players <laughs> nice so I don't know how they run uh, football in um, in the Czech Republic no. but he certainly or maybe has issues with counting um, police administered a breathalyzer after the match and he was nine times over the legal alcohol limit for the Czech Republic <laughs> you can see him on YouTube he's walking along <laughs> Long. As he's been escorted off the field, he's holding his head up with his hands, yeah. like a tired toddler trying to eat dinner at the dinner table. Um, and the crowd were cheering him. Just before he got to the sideline, he noticed the crowd was cheering him. He stood there, he waved at them, and then he proceeded to get off the field, walking like an extremely pregnant woman with a bad back. Um, the match was annulled later, and the official response from the Czech Football Association was, was uh, well, it's, there's nothing in the book that says he can't be drunk. <laughs> yeah, true. So, there you go. Number nine, Howard Costa. He's an American sports journalist. He used to smoke during telecasts. It was a legend. Um, he was so drunk, one NFL game in 1970 that he spewed on a co-caster's cowboy boots. Nice. So let's let's see what Rob does when he gets back. Um, he hasn't done anything like that to you in the past? Uh, not recently. No, okay, cool. Number eight, Aussie tennis legend Patrick Michael Rafter in 1997 won a Davis Cup match after still being drunk from the previous night out. Nice. Legend. Number seven, 1967 Super Bowl. We're back in America. It's 15 degrees below zero. A player downed at 10 vodkas. So he's basically like a St. Bernard dog in the snow <laughs> um, and won an NFL championship. In the ice. Bowl. Yeah, it's very good, very ball. good. Yeah, Green Bay Packers. Um, do you know his name? This is the best bit I love about this. Oh, I can't remember his name for that one. Fuzzy Thurston. Oh, Fuzzy. Yeah, oh, very right. good. Number six, James Hunt. I'm oh, sure you know who this we've is. We've done James Hunt on oh. great, Greatest Sporting Benders a number of times. One of Rob's heroes. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe this is now top ten. We have to get rid of... No, yeah. just jump it in. Hunt has got the shunt. Oh. And that's his, that's his, actually his nickname anyway. Yeah. So he's a British race car driver. He spent two weeks straight boozing before taking out the 1976 Formula One World Motor Racing Championship. I guess it just shows you... You kind of have to be relaxed on the big stage, I think, you know. Uh, number five, Joe Namath. He's an NFL yep. legend. Um, his nickname is Broadway Joe. He's a very happy drunk. Um, in 2003, at a match, he was interviewed on the sideline by yep. a female uh, reporter, and he was in his 60s. And um, we've got a little snippet. They got a grab. Cool. Yeah, here we go. Here's a little snippet of the interview, him being a little bit, uh, uh, <laughs> a little bit happy. What does it mean to you now when the team is struggling? I want to kiss you. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. 
So he was interviewed later, and this is what he said. It had been gone since 3 or 4 in the afternoon, and, and uh, I did the wrong thing. I want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. I'm yeah. Huge yeah. compliment. You know Joe Namath, part of the Ford. I want to kiss you. I yeah. want to kiss you indeed. So he later, so he apologized in that interview, but then 11 years later, 2014, he was at Super Bowl 48. He was, uh, doing the opening coin toss with the referees. He was so pissed. <laughs> um, he kept stuffing up the coin toss, couldn't get it right, delayed the game. So I wonder if he went from 2003 to 2014, he was still pissed the whole time. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, we're getting to the top three. So 2005, number three is NFL Green Bay versus Cincinnati Bengals. And Brett Favre, an NFL legend, he calls a play. They snap the ball. The defense and the offense are lines are hustling against each other. And Brett Favre cocks his hand back, ready to fire a bullet pass. And a drunk fan <laughs> launches over the feds. It's a man wearing a peach-colored button shirt. It's the greatest thing about the YouTube clip. He runs up behind Favre's cocked hand, snatches the ball, runs off behind him. Oh, he's leaping about and the crowd are cheering him on. He's running towards the end zone for a touchdown. Two security come from out of the screen. He, a drunk peach man, shoulders them off. They fall to the ground and then 50 more security come and knock him to the ground 10 yards before the end zone. Uh. And he was quoted as crying and repeating, I just wanted to score a touchdown. I just wanted to score a touchdown. I've never seen that before. Uh, it's, uh, it's hilarious. I'll we'll have, have to find that clip and we'll, we'll uh, check stick, it on the Facebook we'll page. stick it up, yeah. yeah. Number two, this is a very personal one. It's, it's a Brisbane Lions premiership player that will go unnamed. Really? Yeah. So I was at the, the Pineapple Hotel watching my Mighty Magpies. Uh, in Brisbane? Yeah, yeah, the Pineapple oh, Hotel. I, do, I know the Pineapple very in well. The, yes. In the Wool at Woolongabba? Just up from the Gabba as well. Absolutely. Um, watching my Mighty Magpies win the 2002 Grand Final replay. 2002, did I say? You 2010. Did. Yeah. I, 2002 Brisbane won. That's why you're confused. Against, against, against Collingwood. Yes, it was, yeah. I'm, I'm a historian of the game. I know. Historian of Collingwood, and I got that wrong. I yeah, apologize that's to right. every and all Collingwood. Sorry. 2010 AFL Grand Final replay with my, one of my best mates. He's got the stupidest nickname in the world. He's named Salads. He was an under 18 Australian Lawn Bowls champion. Oh. Now he's got bad knees and a case of terminal gout. And um, Term- I can I sympathise. Anyone that's got terminal gout, I sympathise. And all he wanted was a photo with one of his heroes. And uh, this this premiership player for the Lions walks in and he was a little drunk. And uh, Salads asked him for a photo. And he said to my friend Salads, my mate, he said, I'd rather piss in a cup. So little Salads was Devo. I uh, took him especially to that pub um, to meet mm. that particular player. I knew he'd be there. It's yep. like my own version of Make-A-Wish Foundation. And all Salads talks about these days is... How Jason Ackermanis told him to... No. Well, actually, it wasn't Jason Ackermanis, yeah. but oh, we, we can call him Jason Ackermanis. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't Jason Ackermanis. It wasn't. So let's just call him Acker. Yeah. Yeah, all he talks about these days, he'll never be alive to see another Brisbane Lions premiership. Oh, true. Probably never be alive to see another Brisbane Lions win. Um, his day-to-day gout struggle and the fact that he's so ugly... Uh, professional footballer will rather piss in a cup than take a photo with him big shout out to salads if you're listening yeah hey salads uh we should get you on the show next week call him in for brisbane he does know a bit about sport um one or two things uh, literally one or two things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I've been waiting almost eight years to publicly... Oh, beautiful. Publicly glad you saved this, it for tonight. This, this AFL. So if any uh, Women's Day or current affair <laughs> people are listening, uh, get in contact. I'm open to some financial offers. Yes. And number one, Beefy, I'm going to put this back to you. Yep. Here's a stat. Oh. I'm going to see if you know what this stat is. Yep. The stat is, the number is 
52 for 21. What do you think that stat is? Well, it's uh, well, you'd think it's 52 is obviously the David Boone number. Yes. I thought I had you. 52 beers in 21 hours on a flight from Australia to England. Yeah. It's not him. No. That's, that's low-hanging fruit. It's been done to death. So the Rob Bryer's Drunken Athletics top 11 winner is Wade Boggs. Yes. He was from New York to Seattle. Yeah, and yes. And it's 76. Well, I've, I've read 64 in my yeah, research. Yeah. Um, in six hours and ten minutes, which works out to be one beer every five to six minutes. They used to measure it from the time he was ready to leave the stadium till the time they got out to the airport, I believe. That's where they got which the number from. Which bumps up the number to 107, <laughs> he is quoted as yeah, saying. I, I have read this. And he, he says, um, furthermore, he did it every time they yeah. made that trip. It wasn't, um, but who can count how many beers you've had after ten? What, he's had more beers than Will Chamberlain's had sex? I <laughs> yeah, I, that, I think those are the equivalents stories as well. Yeah, yeah Wade so Boggs is uh, he was renowned for doing this uh, on that exact trip to try and just get absolutely yeah. smashed. Legend Hall of Famer. So congrats to Wade Boggs for another honour in your Hall of Fame baseball and Hall of Fame drinking career. Just to add uh, fact number six to the show, Ramith Rambuquela mm-hmm. was the drunk Sri Lankan cricketer that tried to open the door on the plane. Did you pull that from your he head? He was the uh, the son of a Sri Lankan government spokesman and minister, Kahela Rambuquela, hence why they try to suppress yes. the name. And what accent were you trying then? Was that a New no, Zealand no, just, accent? I was just trying to emphasise the names. Yes, okay, very good. Because I am not Sri Lankan. Right. I so don't you, like Dilma T. You're pulling a Brian Taylor. Or Kamal. <laughs> I'm trying it. He just steals their material. He's mm. on Triple M, isn't he? Exactly. Big shout out to Triple M. Big shout out to Triple what's, M. What's coming up next on Triple M? Oh, I don't know. I'll tell you in a minute. We uh, should do half their show for them. <laughs> we generally do. They'll probably do this new segment called So... Do you want to be a world champion, Gav? Absolutely. Even Well, Gav, what a weekend of sport there is coming up in England this weekend. In England? In England. One on Saturday, one on Sunday. You could be a double world champion. I'm not sure whether that's been done before in two different sports, but there is a possibility. One a day. For two days. That's unbelievable. We've got time to get there. I'm on on the plane tomorrow. So on Saturday, it is the World Toe Wrestling Championships, Gav. Okay, right. Toe Wrestling. Yep. So it's basically arm wrestling, but with your toes. Yes. Same preset. Uh, Philosophy. Yeah, precipice. Pre, pre, whatever it is. I don't know. Presets. Know the presets. Coming yeah, up the on presets. Tri- coming up on Triple M this hour, we've got the presets. Doing a bit of toe wrestling. Child of game that's made it to the big time adult sporting rules. The rules for toe wrestling are pretty simple. With shoes off, the competitors face each other toe-to-toe across the toadium, <laughs> where they interlock their big toes and try and force each other off to one side of the toadium. Bit oh, like I've arm seen wrestling. this, yes. It's not new, Gav. Goes back to 1976. The locals of the e- e- old A Royal Oak Inn thought it'd be a great idea to hold a toe wrestling competition. Uh, the championships are now held at the Bentley Brook Inn, which is Ooh. near Ashbourne on the Staffordshire Derbyshire borders, just outside Stoke. 
if mm. you're a Stoke City fan, the Potters. Uh, each bout is a best of three competition. It says it typically lasts an hour. Each, each round, each, each battle, each... Each best of three lasts an hour. Wow, that's... Uh, uh, toe hygiene is a priority. Nurses inspect all toes of fungus and hidden weapons prior to competition. Hidden, <laughs> don't bring those hidden weapons in amongst your toes. You can use a greater, great effect on someone's foot. In 1997, the organisers actually applied for toe wrestling to be included in the Olympics. Games. Oh, no way. Um, unfortunately for unusual sports fans like me, it wasn't accepted. Yeah. Uh, last year, the championships were won by the same man for the 14th time. Alan Nasty Nash. Uh, he secured the title, calling the record-breaking victory... A walk in the park. <laughs> uh, the 57-year-old made light work of the competition for the 14th time. How is this, though? Uh, at the inaugural championships in 1994, Mr. Nash was operating stage lighting for a band performing at the same venue and was left with a bit of time on his hands. I had everything set up and had 12 hours to kill, so I thought I'd sign up as a laugh. I won that one, and the rest is history. Ooh. Nash hits the gym at least three times a week, doing full-body weightlifting as well what? as toe-specific exercises using an electric... Band. Um, he believes the sport is harder than its better known relative arm wrestling, adding, it's a full body sport, needing core and upper body strength, as well as powerful legs. His arch rival, Paul Beach, uh, what's his nickname, Gav, what do you reckon? I say the beached whale. Or oh, it should be, it should be beached whale, no, he's Predator. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, if it bleeds, we could kill it. What, what's... <laughs> yeah, something like that. Nasty Nash has actually travelled the world on the back of his achievements. Uh, he got invited onto the Jay Leno show to challenge Jay Leno to a toe wrestling match. A toe off. Uh, toe off, indeed. Uh, but Nash beat him. He says he's a big guy, but he still went down. Mr. <laughs> Nash, who works as a mechanical engineer for JCB Diggers, he has donated all the proceeds of his victories to children's charities. So that's nice that's, enough. That's uh, lovely. What happens in this industry if you get a bit toey? What does that mean? Oh, that's it. You're just on and edge. How was this? How was this sport created? Was it was it two Siamese twins were f- trying to get away from each <laughs> other and they were like, we could commercialize that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like the old uh, thun wrestling type thing. But I think it's just one, it's northern northern England. They're just mad. They got to keep warm. They do. They keep warm by interlocking toes. Romantic. Um, now, on Sunday, you could become a world champion. I hope so. If you go to Williston, uh, I'm not sure where, which county Williston is. Uh, it's probably Yorkshire because they're a bit mad there. It's next to the Toad County, isn't it? It is, actually, yeah. I'm not travelling far. It's the Worm Charming World Championships, Gav. What? How many worms could you coax out of the ground? Seven. Not sure you're going to be a world champion. Uh, everything to us, being sports uh, journalists, sports pundits, sports experts, everything has to be a contest. Competitors come from far and wide to try and convince as many worms as they can to rise to the surface. Mm. Worm charmers from around the globe will descend on Williston Primary School, that mecca of world sporting contests. <laughs> for the annual World Worm Charming Championships. It's this weekend. Hundreds, hundreds, Gav, are expected to compete for the best Worm Charmer trophy. Uh, known alternately of alternately as fiddling, charming, or grunting. The practice of coaxing earthworms from out of the wet dirt can be found all over the world, usually as a method for, as collecting them for bait. <laughs> Whilst the exact method differs from wormer to wormer, the basic idea is to create vibrations in the ground. So they are put a pitchfork Ooh. in it and vibrate it and the worms like to come up. Uh, the World Worm Charming Championships began in 1980 and has taken place mm. every year since, consistently growing in popularity but changing very little. Mm. Wormers are given a 3 by 3 square of land 
hand to fiddle, grunt, or charm their way to glory by collecting more worms than anyone else. How's this? You said you're about seven. Mm. You get half an hour, by the way, on a three meter by three meter uh, uh, spot. I get a. It takes me a lot longer when I'm worm fiddling. The current world record for worm charming is held by Miss S. Smith and Mr. M. Smith, possibly related, who won the championships in 2009 with. 567 worms. In half an hour? In half an hour. That's... Must have been quite wet that day. <laughs> Gee. Do you think animal activists might get a bit upset with all these worms getting taken out of the ground, Gav? It d- depends what they do with them after. I didn't think there was more than... How many, did they say? 567. I didn't think there was 567 worms in the world. Well, don't have any moral concerns, though, Gav, because the collected worms are collected but released the same day after dark so that they are less likely to be eaten by the local birds. Ugh. See, Peter don't even need to be involved in this. Nobody's going to make a coat out of worm skin. If you can. <laughs> They're not going to be eaten by rabid dogs. They're not going to be used milked? in not gonna be makeup testing. They're not going to be milked. Uh, they're not going to be put through any kind of maltreatment. Anyway, so they're going to look, the worm's going to get looked after and put back into the ground. I would love to see this. At last year's 38th World Worm Charming Championships, people travelled from India, South Africa, Germany, and the Philippines. It's big news in the Philippines, Gav. World Worm Charming. Well, it's quite wet there. Humid? Yes. Absolutely. Can we have anyone that's listening to this is in contact with anyone from the WWF? Is that what it's called? The World, uh, yeah, close enough. World Wrestling Worm. The World Worm Charming. WWCF. The World Wide Web Worm Foundation. Yeah. Um, get in contact and send us a video. I want to see some footage. Yeah, I'm sure we I've can some, find some. I've seen other. I've seen other worm fiddling videos, but um, I don't know. If- you probably have. <laughs> um, Lucky Radio is, a, is an audio medium. Yes. I'll find some video. I've, I've got lots of resources into finding video on worm I could make my own worm fiddling videos. You probably could. It's illegal in 58 countries. <laughs> Get what are you doing this weekend? Um, I'm, I'll probably look at a bit of World Cup. I'm, I'm commentating some basketball. Nice. Um, doing some other sporting announcing. I'm probably fiddling with my worm a bit. And I'm a bit tired. I'm going to have something to eat, I think. Is that what you're looking forward to on the weekend? Something, having something to eat. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Malnutrition. I got, I got nothing. I'm just eating. I saw, to be honest, I saw a sign in the studio here: no food or drink. Oh right, that's just tempted inspired you. me. Um, if you're ain't Morabin way, by the way, big fans of the show, Morabin Rugby Club. Uh, mm. They are celebrating uh, England versus Panama for some unknown reason. They probably think England's going to win. Uh, there is a football quiz and Sri Lankan curry. By the way, Saturday night at Morabin Rams Rugby Football Club. It's on Keys Road in Morabin. If you want to get mm. along to the Sri Lankan buffet and England versus Panama football match. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with Morabin Rams. I said I'd give him a plug. And Jeff Parling, friend of the show, his kids play at Morabin. So, uh, there you go. I thought, we well, better do that. So, uh, how, how did I stack up against last week's guest? Am oh, I, am I, I'm not as tall. You're definitely not as tall. I probably weigh about the same. I'm, I'm, I've put on quite a bit of weight recently. Oh, Good nice. Time. Mate, you've been an able substitute for both Rob Bryce and uh, Jeff Parling. Right, okay. So so much so, we might even invite you back next week. I can't, I'm on Triple M, sorry. Oh, yeah, we will be one day. All the material from today's show will be. I'll I'll uh, come and do the show here next week, and then I'll just head on over to Triple M. Yeah, that'll cut out the middleman in their respect. (laughs) It's quicker. All right, that's all we've got time for on this edition of 365 Days of Sport. We'll see you later, bro, as Rob says. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 